Welcome to episode 45 of Watch Cringe. I'm Brandon. I'm Saul. And we are here at Microlux Chicago. Get ready for some heated interviews. You got anything to add there, Saul? Nah, he's right, dude. They stuck us in a kitchen, though, but it's pretty cool. Easy access to the drinks, a uh, cool dishwasher that won't close. So, you know, we're ready. We're ready. We're stuck halfway behind the main banner, but we're still in the front, technically. Front and center, baby. Get ready. We have our first guest here. His name is? Henry Cantais. And you're with what brand? Perelet. And tell us a little bit about the brand. So thank you, Brandon, for the invitation. We're here in Chicago at uh, Microlux uh, presenting our brand. So our brand is Perelet. Perelet is one of the oldest brand in the Swiss uh, industry and the inventor of the automatic movement and the rotor, which is the, the piece that, uh, that uh, rotates and winds the watch. I got to stop you right there then because Rolex claims to be the creator of the first automatic <laughs> wristwatch. So you are saying that there is a counterclaim against them. <laughs> there, is, there is definitely a counterclaim. Abraham uh, Perlet is the uh, inventor of the, of the rotor. Uh, therefore, uh, the inventor of the automatic movement. Only that the, the patent is uh, very old and has uh, fallen into public domain. And now every, every brand, every Swiss brand, every uh, other brand, those automatic movements. Wow, impressive. So Absolutely. I'm seeing on your wrist right now, you've got um, what I believe is one of your newer watches that uses a peripheral rotor. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what the advantages are? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, or uh, the new uh, the new collection uh, is is named uh, per, uh, is Lab uh, Peripheral, and uh, as a tribute to the to the invention that uh, that we are the the uh, the at uh, the origin, the inventors of the automatic movement, all our collection, uh, the turbines and the weekend watches, and this this new collection, the Lab uh, Peripheral, is also automatic. The difference with this this watch is that the the rotor is on the front of the watch. It's around the dial, uh, that's, why, that's why it's called peripheral, because it, it rotates, the piece uh, rotates around the dial on the face, and when you flip the watch, then you see, you see the, the, the flat movement. You it's see the movement. unobstructed. Exactly, yeah. unobstructed view of the movement, like the, like the mechanical watch, the original mechanical watch uh, without the winding, uh, automatic winding system. Awesome. So we Great. also have here two, uh, one very interesting, one very stealthy watch, uh, I believe of the same family. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about these? Yes. You're, you're holding the new, uh, the new evolution of the turbine, which is our most popular watch, which is our sports model. And, uh, and uh, we, have, uh, uh, we wanted to do something more uh, sport classic. And uh, therefore, this collection is named uh, Turbine Evo, when in, refer in reference to evolution. And uh, the one you're holding is uh, the new carbon case. So it's a turbine evolution, turbine Evo what in movement all black in carbon. So we have our, uh, this, this is another, uh, thank you for bringing that, because this is also an interesting part of our brand that we are all integrated. We are a manufacturer. Oh, wow. It's our own movement, so we own Soprod. Soprod is a very big uh, uh, um, movement manufacturer. And all the movements that uh, start with P151, 153, 157, they're all uh, uh, movement dedicated only to our brand Parallel. So it's, it's made uh, for us, by us. 
and a little bit. Finally. So this this watch is basically like an MBNF and but better, because it also has yes, an interesting is. picture in the back. And yeah. I don't know if you want to describe in your yeah. words what what is shown in the back. Well, in 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 my words, how how can I say? You know, it's a it's a it's a turbine. So when you when you when you wear it and it doesn't spin, you see like a regular dial. You see a little bit of movement. When you spin it, you see the under dial. And in this case, this is a limited edition erotic. So it's based on the uh, on the hentai uh, uh, cartoons. And it's in this case, it's to uh, to ladies with a. Little, very little clothes. Yeah, on. it's kind, it reminds clothes. me of those guys. If you're listening, it's it's one of those like vintage pocket watches that you flip it open and you know it's maybe not safe for work, but it's it's a beautiful watch. It's an integrated bracelet. All your watches are integrated bracelets, or just yes, this, this? Yes, okay. yes, they are. They are in the in the Tremaine collection, yes, because it's a sports collection. Yep. But uh, we have a more classic collection like the like the Lab and the Weekend. But uh, in this case, yes, it's okay. integrated. And uh, I'm very curious about the history, right? If the brand was started in 1777, how has that, was it kind of uh, always a part of some other holding company? Was it kind of dormant for a while? Yes, uh, unfortunately, like many, uh, many brands uh, that, uh, that are old, they didn't survive uh, the, the Second World War. After the Second World War, the, the, the brand were, uh, went dormant. And then in 1984, um, a Spanish entrepreneur who is uh, uh, the owner of uh, Festina Group and has a, as an investment fund rescued rescue the brand, bought uh, all the DNA of the brand and relaunched the brand. So we, uh, we have relaunched the, the, the brand uh, with, uh, with the hedge fund and with, uh, with the help of, uh, of Miguel Rodriguez. And we uh, bring it, bringing it back to its former glory. And what, and when, what year was it relaunched? 1984. Nice. So you were, you were born, wasn't it? So, <laughs> no, not not born yet for another uh, 13 years. <laughs> so, anything else you want to tell us about the brand? This is your time to do any plugs, anything you got coming up, any new releases, anything well, uh, special? Uh, thank you, thank you, Brandon. So you can you can find uh, the brand uh, uh, online, of course. And you can find us also in, uh, in uh, many retailers. You can go to our website. So we are distributed widely across the United States. And uh, the price point of your watches? Uh, yes, our, our price point is uh, actually, thank you for bringing that up also, because we have a very good value for money. Like I say, we are all uh, manufacturer integrated uh, watch. And we start at, at 1200 up until uh, six, uh, $6,000 for the chrono. Which is our high-end, uh, our high-end piece, and uh, lab peripheral GMT. And so. I can tell just handling these things, I can definitely feel the quality. The craftsmanship is there. Thank you very and that, much. The, the price point, I think, is very, very moderately priced it, for it what is, it is. It is a really, a really good value for money. Yes, for, absolutely. In the Swiss, uh, in the Swiss industry, of course, with with a nice complication, integrated uh, uh, manufacturer movement. So it's as good as, good as it gets. Really. It's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. Any last words Thank from you, you so much? It's a shame Jay isn't here to see this erotic watch because he would love that. <laughs> he would <laughs> Thank you for up, talking right? to us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey guys, Saul and Brendan here. Just two quick updates. One of them is that when I said MBNF, I meant Mad One. Saul has been introducing that watch to everyone in Chicago as an MBNF, so it even confused me. Yeah, when I drive a Toyota, I say Lexus. You know, when I drive a BMW, I say Rolls Royce. So it's just me. What can I say? And the second thing is that we found out how to close the fucking cabinets in this kitchen. 
I mean, I kind of want to open though because it's great for picks. There's like some crazy lighting under there. <laughs> uh, apparently, rich people don't expect to actually do any hard work. They just push it and it soft closes. Yeah, we were trying to slam this fucking cabinet shut and it just kept popping back out. So this guy from Parlay comes up and just gives it a sho soft shove and boom, it's closed. <laughs> hey, so, so what do you think? You, you've been taking nice pictures of watches in there. Do you think I could put my uh, something else in there to make it look bigger? You could take a picture? Uh, it'll look nicer, but it won't look bigger. Nothing will help that. Sorry. We have a new guest here. This is... Shane Whitworth. And you're with Troubadour, correct? Correct. So this is a music-inspired watch, I'm assuming, because you're yes. a guitar player. Uh -huh. um, can you describe to us a little bit how you came about the bezel and the idea with the chaptering and everything? Sure. Um, so I, I've played guitar most of my life, and for whatever reason, I never really understood which chords were in a key, um, or lack of education, etc. And then my son was studying music theory in college, and I was like, oh... There's 12 notes, they have this circle of fists, and people will put these circle of fists on their walls, they'll tattoo it on their arm, and I thought, it should be on a watch bezel. You showed us a cool little move over at your booth about how, if you're actually playing guitar, right, you can use the right. dive extension to flip the watch around and right. then have it facing inside. You can inside. use the micro adjust to just uh, get a little bit more slack in the watch band to, to twist it around your arm so that when you're playing guitar, you can look directly at the watch face. Now this is your only model, correct? For now? Yeah, there's, there's five colors of that model. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have any plans to do any, uh, you know, Middle Eastern music editions or uh, anything with some uh, crazy... Uh, yeah, we, we might need like, uh, yeah. Do some math for that? Yeah, <laughs> there, there'd be some math involved. So I want to talk about the brand Troubadour. You yeah. guys started what year? Uh, we launched uh, this year. January. This year. And when do you guys plan to go out of business? Oh, uh, <laughs> at least three months from now. Yeah. <laughs> or did you launch on Kickstarter or anything like that? No, no, this is self-funded. Self-funded? Yeah. And sorry, you're based out of where? Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, These are Swiss-made watches, though. Why, why the uh, this style bracelet, the, the Nautilus-style bracelet? You know, uh, I don't know. I just liked it. It's you just, liked just it? Just the aesthetic, I just liked it. I, I felt like um, it was less you know, overdone uh, yeah. than some of the other ones. You don't really see that style of bracelet in the micro brand space, actually. Right, yeah. What's the case size and price point, if I may ask? Sure, it's a 41 millimeter. Uh, they're, right now they're selling for uh, $7.99 uh, at a movement, Swiss uh, 2824. Sapphire front and back, exhibition case back. Where are they, uh, where are they assembled? Uh, just outside of Basel, Switzerland. The thing is, I haven't seen any function like that before where you can see the notes and the scale that you're playing in. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a borderline complication, but I don't know if it's technically considered one because it's outside of the movement, but it's a super unique, I guess, use of a bezel that's outside of just the kind of boring timing. Does this thing make any noise, though? Like any sounds? No, no. Not like you don't press a button no, and it like no, riffs off something? No, only if you put your ear to it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, we thanks, appreciate guys. it. Appreciate it. We're here with someone from Swiss Watch Company. Your name is? I'm Jacob. Hey, guys. And the brand Swiss Watch Company, it's a family-owned business, right? Correct, yeah. So my dad, he started it back in the late 90s, and we did watches for the armed forces, for first responders, and that became uh, our own designs in the last five or six years. And real quick, I forgot to put deodorant on this morning. Can you smell me? 
From here, you're good. Okay. Solid. You got any questions? I, I can smell you and I'm right next to you. <laughs> um, first thing, uh, what's up with this elastic strap or this like fabric strap? This is like the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. Yeah. So a lot of people, you'll mostly see them on like Apple watches and whatnot. And uh, yeah, they are insanely comfortable. We brought them to our watches uh, maybe about a year and a half ago or so. Uh, the great thing about them is it's just like infinitely adjustable. Whatever right. size you want, you're gonna get. And it breathes really well, you can wash it in the water, and it's, uh, you know, we wanted to make all of our watches just strap monsters, so it's a uh, change strap. Well, before we get too deep into the watches, I wanna know more about the history of Swiss Watch Company. You okay. wanna just give us the rundown, the, you know, mm -hmm. elevator pitch of your company? Sure, so uh, my dad is Swiss, he grew up in Beale and he did his apprenticeship for ETA. After that, he went overseas, worked with Swatch, um, opened he's up some like a factories. watchmaker by trade, He's right? a watchmaker, okay. yeah. Uh, he did a lot of quality control for some big brands like Longines, Tissot, Omega, and uh, then he wanted to do something for himself, so he, uh, then he started doing those watches for armed forces, all that, and what brings us to today, uh, so now it's uh, the th and those weren't under like a brand or anything. That was just direct government. Um, type of so it was branded, but it wasn't. We weren't the face of it. It okay, was yeah. you know the Marine Corps. It was Army. It was. And you were doing what? What for the the movements? The, the whole thing. We the were whole doing shebang? the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And then and then you have you done work for other like brands in the space? Uh, yeah, we still do a lot of manu manufacturing for uh, quite a few brands. I would say. Okay. I heard mm -hmm. one of them was Ming. You guys, uh, my dad did do the Ming. I forget what the number was. But uh, it was the case. It was the case for the Ming. It or? was. He did the case, the dial. He did the whole thing. Uh, yeah. So I talked to your dad. I guess when we were in Austin for Microlux, and he he was like able to point out all the you know the things y'all did. It was pretty neat. Mm -hmm. um, and also brought by the newer Mings that I guess he didn't work on. And he was like, well, why did they do this? And it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, so I, I'm wondering, the spring bars on this. Why are they curved? Why so, are they bent, not even curved? What, what's the model that you yeah, have Yeah, yeah, what's the model? The model here is the bunker that you're holding. So that's our field watch, kind of our bread and butter. Um, the, the curved spring bars, so they, they are not broken. A lot of people think they're broken. They are, they are meant to be that way. And that's because if you look at the... That's what I have to say to every girl that I bring home. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you look at the Velcro pads, it's kind of raised a little bit. And if it was a straight spring bar, they would catch. Oh, it would be too close to the case? Yeah, okay. so it's just for easy access for that, those Velcro pads. Okay. Um, so what kind of models do you have available at the moment? Uh, so I believe we have five models in our collection. So we just went over the bunker. We have uh, our pilot watch, which is called the Hyper G, which you're holding here. And uh, this model, we, uh, we're pretty excited about it because it's a different type of titanium. It gives off that look of steel, but it is fully grade five titanium. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fun to, to watch it get released. That actually, yeah, that looks a lot like sale. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, anything big in the future for y'all? Uh, quite a few things, yeah. So we're gonna be coming out with uh, two different dive watches this year, a dress model, and uh, some variants of uh, previous collections. And where do you guys normally sell your watches? Is it all online, direct to the consumer? Yeah, we do everything through our website. We're not in any retail locations for the time being. And uh, yeah, so and it's SWC USA. What percent of the watch is made in Switzerland? Um, so the Swiss law is 60% of the watch, and uh, that's what we do. 
right at 60%. Yeah, so okay. the, the movement's fully Swiss made. So the movement is excluded from that. From uh, So my dad, he's the genius with all of this stuff. So uh, I believe it's 60% of the cost of everything the else besides, of, besides the movement. The movement. Yep. Yes, so. So some th th maybe is the case in Switzerland? The case is overseas. It's overseas, yes. okay. It's a very, I mean, this titanium, I mean, I'm used to titanium being light, but this is like really light. It's, it almost feels like forged carbon light, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's extremely light. It's very, very difficult to work with. With uh, almost any watch, you can just stamp it into its shape. This was a solid block of titanium. They cut it out, uh, so it's it took a very long time and uh, a lot of detailing in the manufacturing process to yeah. get the result we have today. And wh where are your offices located? Um, so we have a few. Our main headquarters in, is in Switzerland. We have a home office in Nevada, and I'm based out of Utah. And anything that you want to get off your chest, like your darkest secrets or anything oh, you feel geez. guilty about, now's oh, the time. Man. They didn't warn me about any of this, by the way. Yeah. Um, it is watch cringe. It's got to be something that makes people cringe. Oh, Maybe geez. you did something in college and your dad helped cover it up. You know, something like that. Oh, man. I'm sure there's plenty. <laughs> we'll have to go do a run back. Yeah, on. We'll yeah. Invite me back another time. Chat GPT, make a note for that. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, thank guys. You. Now we have... Axel Grivory. Representing two brands... One of them is called Springer and Furson, and the other is called 1K Deep. Tell us the story about both of these brands. Actually, well, the first uh, that I found it is Springer and Furson. Well, first of all, you need to know that uh, I call them Springer and Furson because my name is Axel, and I was named like that by my parents after Axel Springer and Axel the first and the first one being uh, the media tycoon in Germany and uh, the second one being the former uh, lover of Queen Marie Antoinette in the 18th century and uh, actually my father was a German speaker and my mom loved the history so well that's the reason why I call my brand like this and also it sounds very well in the in a watch environment and when did that brand start uh, I registered the brand in uh, 2018, okay. and I started the watch project uh, in 2019. And it's in Switzerland that you've uh, registered Actually, them? I started everything in France, and in I France? have them manufactured in Switzerland. Oh, wow. And how would you just, what, what, how many models do you have for the brand for Springer So far, and we have, uh, for sale, we have only this one that is uh, called Rangera Wall Diver because the inspiration comes from Rangera, that is the biggest atoll in French Polynesia. But I have got two new models that are uh, uh, being uh, developed for the time being. One that is um, inspired by uh, Panama. And well, the reason for that is that uh, I, ima um, I imagined um, uh, uh, a band made of leather and straw from a Panama hat. So I designed a neo-retro uh, a case with this uh, uh, with um, uh, vegetal um, ivory uh, dial, which is uh, something that is uh, um, uh, very common in uh, Central America, and so uh, it's going to be a, um, a limited edition to 77 pieces because the Canal of Panama is 77 kilometers long. Okay, and, and why, why why Panama? Why why Central America? Well, it comes from the 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 the, the, the bracelet actually. Um, when I was a student, uh, I was working uh, in um, 
white star. And I always notice that in most brands, most people would consider the bracelet as uh, something uh, secondary whenever I do consider that it's really part of the object that we re refer to as a watch. And so I like the, 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 the design of the bracelet. And this one, for example, is designed by myself. I mean, it's in-house design. I was waiting for my wife uh, in a ski resort, and I was thinking of uh, further development that we could do. And I had the idea of uh, making um, a watch band out of a Panama hat straw. Because at the time I was an area manager in the perfume industry, uh, my uh, distributor in Ecuador was right uh, next to a manufacturer of Panama hat. And so I have visited it and I saw this textile that is really awesome. Okay? And, I, and I, I thought to myself that would be great to make a bracelet out of it. And so out of the idea of Panama, I developed the watch. And so that one's coming out, right? In the yes, future. Exactly. Okay. So this one we're looking at now has a silicone bracelet, right? Exactly. Silicone and metal. And the design will be totally different. This okay. one is inspired by French Polynesia. Second one with Panama. So naturally, it, they are not going to look the same. How? So this is all your original design. So I'm just curious how difficult it was. Because this seems insane because nobody else has done but something actually, like this. Actually, that wasn't... I have the inspiration of the general shape. Uh, actually, um, most diving uh, watches, uh, they took inspiration on the sharks and everything. And I thought shark is something a bit too aggressive. And I took the Bantara because it's a very soft and graceful animal. And also the history says that the ancient uh, Polynesian think that the, the ancestor um, uh, got re-embodied in Mantare. So I think it's very poetic. I loved it. That's awesome. Exactly. And so I took the general shapes of Monterey, stylized them to come out with uh, this, uh, this, uh, this case. So, uh, and for the same model, the, um, the time zone, second time zone yeah. you know, reference is, what, what was the idea behind that? That's something I've never seen before. It's because actually I'm based in Europe. Okay. So for us, Polynesia is the other side of the earth. So I wanted to symbolize the remote position of uh, Polynesia. Thank you for that background on um, Springer and Fersen. Springer and Fersen. He's not very smart, sorry. <laughs> I'm a little slow. Um, the other brand that you have that I want to talk about is the 1K Deep. Yeah. Now, let's first start off by you just telling me the dimensions of this watch. Well, actually, uh, first of all, actually, I made... Uh, um, the, the, idea, the idea came with a, a friend of mine that has lived in the U.S. for 25 years. I was in, in Los Angeles. And then he came back to France and he said, well, I want to get into the watch business with you. But uh, I would like something like bigger, bolder, because uh, he had some friends that were looking for some, uh, some watch like this. And uh, I met with a supplier in Italy, and uh, I saw this model, and I thought, wow, that's great. This is exactly what I'm looking for. And it has got great features, including like 1,000 meters water resistance with this uh, um, gas valve. And yep. um, I think the look is awesome. I mean, I mean, one might say you're getting your best bang for your buck, right? You're getting <laughs> yeah, so sure. much watch. Yeah. For what? And the, what are the price points on both of the, both of the okay, watch the models? Okay, the 1K is uh, is more affordable. It's like 695. Whenever the 1K Deep starts at 2080. Okay. Well, it's the price of Swiss origin. Is the 1K Deep? Is it a single model that you have, or is so there? So far, yes. Okay. But I think I'm gonna have some more. Maybe something only more limited in terms of dimension. And where is everything manufactured? 
Um, this is manufactured in Swiss. That's the Springer and Fersen. Springer and And this is manufactured in Italy. One case in Italy. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, other things that you want to say about watches in general, about your brands, anything at all you want to pump on the channel? Well, actually, I want to say that it's um, it's a dream come true because... To be uh, on our show, right? Yes, <laughs> uh, to be on your show and to have my own watch brand because um, when I was a student, um, my final assessment was a business plan uh, for a watch brand. At the time, it was not exactly uh, what it has become uh, now, but... Uh, uh, well, so Have you ever... Uh, phoned up your old professor and said hey man yes i did it yes because actually we we just celebrated the 30th um, anniversary of uh, this uh, this graduate school i went to and uh, it's dedicated to luxury uh, and um, and i could say well you know uh, I made it on watch, Cringe. Yeah, I made it on watch. <laughs> That's how good my brand is. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank That's you awesome. thank you so much for talking You're with welcome. us. I appreciate it, Axel. We're back, and we're here with... Macklin. From? Canopy Watch Company. Hey, man, can I get a quote on a new deck that I'm building out? I'll what's work the name on that. With, I'll what, work on that. What's the reason for the name Canopy? Took inspiration from the Canopy is a part of the fighter jet that goes above the pilot's head. Okay. My background's in aerospace engineering, so I had a little bit of a sweet spot for anything aero-related. So I can't help but notice, though, that this is a dive watch, not a, not a pilot's watch. <laughs> What's up yeah, with that? It's a funny story. So it started off as a pilot's watch. We started with a, with a dial and then built a case around it. And one design led to the next, and we kind of ended up with a dive watch instead. So here we are. And just give us a little background on, on the company history. Who, where was it founded? Yep, what, yep. What, you know, every, all that. So it was founded in the summer of 2020 by Macklin, myself, and my business partner, Ross. Uh, we did spent about two, two and a half years in design and prototype phase, and then just recently launched last November. So um, how long are you going to be in business for? Uh, forever. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, what, what's the bezel made out of? Forged carbon fiber. Damn. And um, anything special with the bearings going on in yeah, here? So yeah. So we've got a ceramic ball bearing system mm. for our 120-click bezel. Let me get some ASMR for y'all. This thing sounds chunky. All right. Ooh. Now I can do the class of ASMR. Do it without pushing it so it hurts. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounded crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's pretty sweet. How big is it? It's a 39 millimeter diameter. Wears a bit larger due to the chunky bezel. And tell us about the dial. That thing looks kind of cool. It's like textured. How did you get it textured? Yeah. So we start with your typical brass dial, and then we coat it in what we call an asphalt coating. Gives a little bit of a sandpaper-like texture. It looks nice. And thank you. What's, thank uh, you. what's next for y'all? We're working right now on a field watch. Hopefully that'll be out end of year or early next year. Pilot's watch? Yeah, how about a Type 20? You got a Type 20 save, coming through? Save, no Type 20. We're saving the pilot's watch for the sweet spot number three release. Hey, so I forgot to ask you, uh, what do you think of my jumpsuit? Oh, I love that if, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was changing the oil out on an airplane before I got here, and I was using olive oil. That's oh, what yeah. you guys use, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. So you mentioned you're uh, you're from Houston, right? You're based in Houston? We are headquartered in Houston, Texas. Yep. Are you still doing aerospace stuff, or are you full-time canopy? I wish I was full-time canopy. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you do in the aerospace right industry? Right now, I am a mechanical design engineer, so I do like 3D design and analysis oh, on fancy. various components. Yes, sir. And uh, if this sounded more uh, rehearsed than normal, it's because we had to re-record this. <laughs> thanks, yeah, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for deleting this. And you call yourself a director. <laughs>
Anything you want to get off your chest? Any dark secrets that you've been kind of just mulling over? You just well, I got a pretty good reaction out of the one earlier, so I'll say it again. I hate chocolate. Oh my God! <laughs> Someone get this man arrested right now. All right, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, thank you guys. Who do we have here? I'm Cornelius from Circular Watches. Circular. Yeah. And tell us the brand history behind Circular. So I'm now in the third generation. Um, I'm from Pforzheim. Pforzheim is really hard to pronounce, especially in English. <laughs> and um, it's a watch city, basically. It's a, it's the one watch city in the western part of Germany where Glashütte used to be. Is still in the eastern part. And um, yeah, Pforzheim is more for the accessible priced watches. We have many brands like Laco, Stova, and Circular is one of them. My grandfather started it in, in 1955. So we having um, so my family has a, a watch wholesale since 1926 in Pforzheim. And then in 55, my grandfather thought, okay, um, I also want to do my own watches. And then he started Circular and named it from the circulation of mechanical parts of wheels in movements. Okay. And, um, and and so did the did the brand go dormant and then you kind of revived it or no, has it always it, it, been around? It was always there. Okay. Um, it's just depending on how it went. So for example, in the quartz crisis, yeah. then they um, my dad focused more on the wholesale, but it was always there. And then they always had every year they had models. Um, so I, when you saw them, um, I have the vintage models with me, some of them at least. But we have many more at home. I just take three, four every time I go on a watch show. So speaking of the vintage models, you were telling us about a, a neat story about some original movements that yeah. were your, uh, I guess your grandfather's, right, originally? And you, you kind of made some new stuff, new watches for them. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So the, the first watches my grandfather did in the 50s, they had... Um, movements from the city I'm from, from Pforzheim, there was a movement factory, um, P-U-W was it called, and um, so a couple of years back, um, through the context of my dad in the city, I found a watchmaker who had stored um, many parts, actually ten thousands of parts for movements from the 70s made by this company, 100% in Pforzheim. So every part is from there except some of the, the wheels that came from Switzerland. But um, if you have the stuff in your hand and it was everything, like every bridge was paper wrapped. It's unbelievable. So you have to unwrap everything and it was shiny still. Um, it's really nice. And um, so we got those and did not have any exploration pa uh, um, paintings or drawings. So we had to figure out how to put it together first. It's like buying a Lego set without the instructions. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly that. Yeah, hey, but real, a Lego set from the seventies, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's really <laughs> tiny too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, relevant question. Um, why don't you read what my shirt says? Post nut clarity. Yeah. Thank you for that one. Um, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, we'll post the shirt on online. Um, so what do you? What are you most excited for this year for the brand? For this year. Lots of travels, so I'm here, Chicago, really nice city. Um, and then product-wise, uh, watch-wise, um, we have uh, we had now the, the GMT launch. It was really uh, cool. They're all gone. Actually, the first batch is now gone. Um, and within four weeks, we sold them all. Is it a caller or a caller GMT or a traveler? Like a jumping hour? It's a GMT? traveler. Okay. 
sorry, no, the other one, <laughs> the caller. The caller. Okay. Yeah. So I'm also not. Yeah, yeah, I'm, people I'm, go to your uh, site and buy that if they could. No, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the chat lag, so I'm also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit more about your current lineup. I see you've got a anti-magnetic field watch. What's the story behind that? Yeah, this one um, is a really special case design. Um, it's really the showstopper when people walk by, look at the case. Um, and also we have a pretty cool loom on the yellow model, um, which is uh, kind of yeah, half, half of the dial is loomed. And anti-magnetic with a soft iron cage, 1000 Gauss. And um, specialty is really the, the colsterizing. So we do um, a company in Frankfurt close to us, they, we ship the cases there, they put it into an oven, heat it up to 500 degrees, diffuse carbon into the oven and cool it down again, and it changes the alloy and makes it yeah, super scratch resistant. I hear there are some other companies that do that, right? I have never heard that. Yeah. It was my own genuine idea. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> they shall be unnamed. <laughs> yes. how, many, how many Vickers is that? It's uh, 1,200, 1,300 Vickers. That's pretty hard. Yeah. How many Vickers do you think Brendan is? Yeah. I, I only know the inches. If you threw one, <laughs> if you threw that watch at me, who, who do you think would stand up, me or the watch? Uh, if I would throw it, yeah, the watch would win. <laughs> if you throw it, maybe he. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, for future models, what do you have in the in the works? Anything crazy coming up? Yeah, nice stuff. Um, in the summer, August, there comes a 42 millimeter titanium dive watch. Great two um, dive watch and um, well, will it be titanium bracelet too or strap? titanium bracelet okay, directly nice. to the start yeah and um, yeah nicely integrated fitting uh, um, tropic no not tropic uh, rubber but um, yeah it's really cool dials with the, you know the, some of the there's also a company that shall be unnamed with scratch uh, pattern on the dials that's <laughs> um, gonna be really cool and what that sounded like a horn that just went <laughs> off in this room. Um, <laughs> You uh, so is your business model direct to consumer mostly? You sell yeah, through your website. Ninety percent we do. Uh, and uh, what's the worst customer you've ever had? But I don't remember. It was oh, it was such a horrible story. But I don't remember it anymore. It was insane. But it, it's Germans, right? They are so neat, obsessed with details. <laughs> it's almost um, yeah, you cannot unattainable. Yeah, the perfection yeah. that they're looking Even for. Even also my watchmaker is the same kind of guy. I don't. I would not want him as my client. Um, but it's nice because he's so obsessed also with, with his, yeah, everything needs to be perfect. All the cupboards are like super um, organized. Everything is right, right in an angle, right angle. Um, is, is that a thing in Germany? Like somebody's born and they immediately get diagnosed with like OCD? We're yeah. just obsessive about everything. I, I'm exactly the same, yeah. so, but I don't uh, extend for it a brand to, owner. to other people. <laughs> yeah. I'm always uh, telling my wife, it's my thing. You don't have to arrange the stuff like I do. <laughs> So, uh, I guess final question, you got any dark secrets you want to get off your chest? No, nothing at all. Nothing? No. no. All right, well, we'll save that for after the, okay. this, this recording. Uh, maybe tonight we go to a chess club and then... <laughs> well, thank you so much, Cornelius. Yeah. Thank you I, I feel me. like that's actually your stage name, because I've never met someone named Cornelius. It's pretty cool, actually. That's yeah. an awesome name. Try to make an introduction in the U.S., it's always difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least we don't obsess over like a little scratch on no that's on, true you know, that's true yeah. we're kind of that's why we make bad watches here yeah. hey thank you so much for your time thank you for having me hey we are now talking with Zenea and who are we with I'm uh, Jason Hutton I'm the founder of Zenea Watches 
And we actually had one of your um, watches in our micro brand episode. And we, we actually, I think we have it here right now. It's the Meteorite uh, Diver. Um, and that's a meteorite dial. Is that? Did you guys have to go in like to outer space to mine this meteorite, or like how did that work? That would be an expensive way to get the meteorite, but okay. uh, that particular meteorite actually comes from the Mon Yulusta meteorite, and it fell to Sweden about a million years ago. Uh, so it was a fairly large meteorite drop. So uh, different, you know, metal detectors and people find samples of the meteorite. So that's actually where it comes from. So, but it's a million years that it arrived at Earth, but the actual material itself is 4.53 billion years old, so it's a pretty cool material to build a dial out of for So a could you say this watch is a vintage watch then? <laughs> Prehistoric, maybe? I, I would say, technically, it classifies as a vintage watch, so yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm just curious, initially, what's the price point of these? Price point right now for that is uh, 1,129, uh, and that's all in, I ship worldwide. Uh, we have a show special on for the next couple of days where I take 15% off, so it works out to about $9.59 uh, for that particular watch. That's not bad. I yeah. mean, this, this, this clasp is really freaking cool, too. Thank you. It's also got a micro-adjust on it, so if you're wearing it during the summer and it gets a little hot, you can expand the size of the bracelet a little bit. Bracelet's also quick release, so you can swap it out to like a silicone strap or whatnot. Often I do that with that watch as well. It's very comfortable to wear it during the summer. So, uh, so. when did you found a Zenea? Zenea was launched officially in December 2019, so about three weeks before COVID really started. So that made things pretty Perfect. fun as a new business. But uh, yeah, we've been in business now for coming up on three years. Uh, it's been a passion of mine. I've wanted to start it for a long time. So What were you doing before Zenea? I worked in the medical industry, so usually sales management for medical device, pharmaceutical. I still work full time as well as running this uh, business. Oh, really? So, yeah, okay. so I do, do you both. Do you have any help running the brand at all, or is it just... I have had you, some I mean, besides the people that make the watches, but like uh, I would there's actually I have one full time employee right now and he does a lot of the rendering and digital work. So I'm working with him. Um, other than that, just kind of people that I hire on contract to help me out with certain things. But most of it I do myself. So, yeah, I'm looking for like a maybe intern level communications uh, position if you have that available. Yeah, is it, you know, you're looking for a paid gig or is it free like most interns? Because interns usually work for free. You know oh, that, okay. Right? Well, just like minimum wage, like <laughs> 1.2 million a year or something. 1.2 million? I'll talk to my banker, see okay. what we can hook up. So I'm so, open to it. I'm open to it. <laughs> so how many watches have you released? Uh, many, we have released models? our initial offering. We had five colorways. So okay. we had the meteorite dial, uh, ocean hornet yellow, snowcap classic white, Japanese gardens blue. And uh, volcanic obsidian black; those are the names. It's, those sounds like uh, like perfume those, those, names. Yeah, those, those are like Ferrari paint colors, man. They, have they some are crazy right? well, names. Well, you know what? We have a nice premium timepiece yeah. here. I thought that we had to have an appropriate name to it. It's a little more exciting than just the black dial, right? So. So uh, what, what's next for y'all? You got any new models planned? We have some new colorways coming out. Uh, we've got a sunburst uh, Fumi emerald green dial. We've got a nice sunburst Fumi gray dial. We have a mother of pearl. Uh, another one that I don't have the prototype yet for the dial. We're actually doing a bronze patina dial with all the markers and indices. So as you can see from the indices in the hands, they're high polish. I think contrasted with that patina bronze, it's going to be pretty cool. So it's not a painted patina bronze. It's going to be an actual dial that's made of bronze that's been patinaed. So that's something we've got coming as well. And we've also got a dress line that we're working on and about to go into prototype production for that. So you design everything. I right? do. Yeah, I do. So I've been a watch collector enthusiast for about 15 years, so, and that's where the names and I actually comes from. It's, you know, starting with the end, I knew the type of timepieces and the type of experience I wanted to create for the customers. So start with the end, work backwards, put everything together to create it, Z to A, Zenea, that's where the name comes from. So you started 
You said right before COVID, right? We launched just before COVID, yeah. How There's, long do you plan to stay in business? As, as long as I can do watches. <laughs> so good news is we're debt free. Uh, you know, and this is this is a real, I know you kind of do it tongue in cheek, but this is a legit question for microbrands, right? It is a, a tough goal for new businesses and it's hard to be sustainable, right? So unless you uh, put things in set up the right way, there's always danger of the company not being around. So yeah, this is all self-funded by myself. I'm 100% owner. I'm sticking around for a long time, so we're not going anywhere. And so. I, don't, I think we forgot to mention, you are from Toronto. I am, just north of Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Is there any other watch brands in Toronto? There's a number of watch brands. There's a couple of Swiss watch brands. Uh, Marathon is probably the most well-known one. They supplied uh, military watches to the Canadian military and they do kind of like tactical, sporty watches. Uh, there's a few other micro brands as well. Uh, very few Swiss made brands, so we're one of the few there, so. And what would you say makes your watches different than any other watch in this room, in this uh, Microlux That's conference. a tough question because there are a lot of fantastic watches here. Uh, I would say though for myself, you know, the brand, it comes from a place of love and passion and really wanted to create a watch enthusiast timepiece. Uh, we're a premium brand priced at, as I would say, a value, good value proposition. So again, depending on where you want to go, uh, we provide some really, really fine timepieces for a very reasonable price and some unique, you know, my design aesthetic, as you can tell from the watch, a little bit of splash of color, but fairly clean, not very utilitarian. Face, uh, yeah, color. not too in your face. That's my personal watch preference. So I really want to create something that emphasized that. So. And you guys also go to outer, outer space to get some of the materials. We do. That's, that's, so, that's, what, that's what makes cool. us unique. You know, I, I, I kept cool. it low key. I stole it away on the last shuttle mission. Yeah. You know, we went up there. Yeah, there you go. Grabbed a few pieces, brought go. it down. That's what, I was that's pretty hungry amazing. though, because I couldn't get any food while I was up there. So, <laughs> you know. Well, thank you so much. Uh, any other last, any uh, dark secrets you want to get off your chest? Any dark secrets? Let me think about that one. I have some, but probably nothing I want to get <laughs> off my chest. So we'll leave it at that. All right. All right. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We are back and we're here with Adam Hodge from Fair and Swit, sometimes called Far and Swit. Far and Swit. What's the name stand for? So simple. It's basically our, the names of the three owners. My middle name is Farrand, F-A-R-R, -R, took that. Designer guy who was here yesterday, Andy, to use an and. And then the third guy, his name is Switalski. And I said, we're not putting Switalski on the watch. So we'll call it Swit, Farrand Swit. And to be honest, guys, like, creating a brand name is so difficult. Oh, yeah. Like, I, we probably went through like 40 iterations. And what's funny is I had names that like, a year down the road, someone else launched a, brand, uh, launched a brand name with that name. So I was like, I'm happy. I'm content with what I got. So uh, when did you start making watches? So we declared in 2018, but we were developing probably like six months prior to that. Finally got our first model uh, right around April of 2019, the seaplane. And I launched it here at Microlux, uh, the first uh, Microlux Chicago. Yeah. So 2018, huh? Yes. How long are you going to stay in business for? Oh, this is, so my, my goal is to roll this into a full-time gig. Hell yeah. Uh, I've got it part-time right now, but to be honest, time-wise, it's taking a ton. I mean, what's nice is we were profitable by year two. So the biggest challenge is cash flow, just, and just keeping the cash flow and the new models coming, and that's basically it. Are you on Kickstarter? No, I dodged a Kickstarter because when I was originally going to put, put this together, I know, the, and I know it's an art form, right? I decided I wanted to put more skin in the game. So I took my own personal financing, funded the company, and I said to myself, when I do that, 
you work a lot harder, right? When you're asking people for money and then it comes in and then it comes easy come, easy go, you put it in yourself, like I sweat, I lost sleep over stuff and I love that because it drives you even harder to get the right stuff out. And what makes your watches different from all the other brands? Take here? a look at them. Take a look at them. Go to my yeah. website. Go to Chain my Instagram. What They're pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'll I look like I'm in the movie Tron when I look at this one. What, is, right. what is this Tron one Miami called? Vice together. That one's the Vice. That one's the limited edition. Is there like uh, it, Solar Chrono Vice edition? Is there like areas where I can snort like key bumps off this thing? <laughs> so that this one's actually pretty cool. We were talking about this yesterday. The um, it's a mecha quartz, right? Yeah, so this is a weird movement, which I'm proud that I found. I dug through movements over and over because I wanted a solar-powered with a sweeping seconds on the chronograph. Usually you can get the sweeping seconds, right, with like a VK movement, but it's not solar-powered. You go solar, you get ticks. I found one from Seiko and Epson that does that, that checked all the boxes, and Do I'm they, pumped about they it. They still make it, or is it like an old No, no, it's thing? new. It's new. It's just like they have so many things on their booklet that like in the... Nobody me- fucking Yeah, nobody it? looks yeah. for it. And when I found it, I so I... I like. Full disclosure, like Loomtech, Wegman Watch, they build my, they assemble my watches. And I was, I sent him this, the specs for this. And he's like, holy shit, you found, you found an awesome movement. And I was like, please, Chris, like, don't touch it for a year. Give me a year on this. And he, he was surprised. So the fact that I surprised my watchmaker, the guy who builds them for me, with a movement. So this Wayfinder, can you tell us a little bit about the crazy Loom dial? So what's funny about that one is we, we, were, we had done this really kind of subtle seaplane, and then I'm a loom dial guy. Like my first oh, watch yeah. that I went bonkers for was a full loom uh, Citizen Pro Diver. And this one, I wanted to do a loom dial, but we were actually working in blacks and blues. And I had, we were doing, it, long story short, we ended up with this topographic map. It was black and blue. I put it on, and I was doing design. I hit invert, and it went white. And then I was like, holy shit, I'm going to add orange. And then I was like, I call them up, because Loom Tech does the stuff. So I'm like, I want orange loom. I want green loom. I want blue loom. Like, I want to light this thing up so much that it, like, makes people stay awake in the, nar- in the dark. Like you, because you've been not sleeping either, right? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Have you seen me on the show? I just basically stay. I, haven't, I don't take a bathroom break or even get a snack from when we start to close. I was wondering what that smell was from your booth. That was me. That was me. I got a little bottle in the corner. Hey, I think earlier your like table like exploded. What, didn't it? What happened there? Did, do you well, think one of the other brands sabotage you? <laughs> I'm trying we to investigate this. I need, I need like a digital remake of this for you guys to share, like, if you ever, yeah. like of showing us what happened. We've been going from booth to booth. I think we have a few leads, right? So, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know why you guys were like bending down so long and then you walk away and next thing I know the thing collapses. I'm surprised you didn't hear me drop my screwdriver. That was pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> What's hilarious though, like honestly, I put a puzzle on the table. First time I've ever put a puzzle on a table. Yeah. The table collapses? We spent the whole day yesterday putting a puzzle together. <laughs> if y'all haven't seen it, it's it's not a regular puzzle. It's no, got it's stars, r- it's got random shapes, it's insane. Like basically Andy, the, the guy from And, was sitting next to me, putting the puzzle together. I'm selling watches. Guys are showing up. And they're like, hey, that piece goes right there. There we go. So maybe I should do that more often. Yeah, kind of knock it off. in there, right? Yeah. Any, so any last words? Any, any, like, anything you're excited about for this year? Maybe a new release or something that you're doing differently? So the, the Vice Edition, I'm pumped about. We just launched it a couple days ago. I think it's going to sell out. It's, we already sold 60 of the 85, so it's going to be nice. gone soon. I'm excited to get that on people's wrists. The rest of this year, we're just going to be making sure we have enough wayfinders in stock to fill the need. Next year, we're going to do a jumping hour GMT, and I'm not sure how funky we're going to get with it, but so far, the well, funky stuff has really been getting people's eyes and attention. Oh, last question. Any, like, dark, deep secrets that you want to get off your chest right now? Like anything the, that, that you feel I've guilty done? about yeah, in your life? Like the murders or something yeah, like that? Yeah, anything like that. 
If you have, this is a chance to just get it off your chest. Is this your guys' standard question? Yeah. Get people off guard? Oh, yeah. I was a bully one time in grade school, and I feel bad about that. <laughs> what, what, did, what happened? You want to get into it? Just got a little aggressive in dodgeball. Probably shouldn't have targeted him so hard. <laughs> I apologize a year later, but, uh, you know, sometimes when you're young and you get anxious. and Yeah. Okay. Ball, you know. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Signing, Signing off. off. <laughs> we are back here with talking with Escudo Watches. And who am I speaking with? Uh, Simon. I'm Richard. And uh, there's a little relationship between you guys, right? Someone's a father and a son. Well, I'm married to his mother, so he's my stepson. Uh, there yeah. we go. So this is a family business. We're not, we're not lovers. <laughs> <laughs> that's been asked, that has been has asked been before. <laughs> so tell us about your brand. Well, it's basically a, a joint Portuguese-British brand because of Simon being Portuguese and living in England and me being English and living in Portugal and I'm married to his mother that's, that's, who's from Madeira, Portugal so it's uh, it's just a collaboration and of course during Covid we spent every day for six or seven hours on FaceTime because we couldn't travel and he's stuck in England and we're talking backwards and forwards about stuff on and on and on of course watches, every day we talked about watches for two and a half years it was just drove us mad but it, it's the inspiration behind the brand is the fact that the Portuguese and British have got the oldest alliance international alliance in the world 160 uh, 675 years and we've been cooperating and uh, we were also inspired by the fact that the British and the Portuguese early world explorers set out who knows where they were going, what, they had no equipment, they had no, you know, they were just sheer bravery, you know. They were just thought they were going to sail off the edge of the world, possibly, but they were brilliant. And we just thought, well, there is a big story there to do with adventure, travel, exploration. So our watches are inspired by that, but also inspired by a compass, which was the simple thing that the Portuguese navigators had. And so our, our dial is inspired by a compass with the, the points pointing outwards, which again is exploration. We're not inward looking where, and we've got really big ambitions. And when did you start? 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> um, so there's something special about the crystal with these watches, isn't there? There's a holographic logo yeah. on there, yeah, if you, if, which is exposed by steam or... How did y'all do that? We can't tell you. You can't say? Well, well, Black magic? Well, well, I, I don't know. No, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> they just showed up and they were like, that. I, I do. You, well, think, you, don't, you don't give away your... your it's something, something fancy. You can't. I mean, something come on. Fancy. It's, the thing is, it is unique. Yeah. Uh, so why... Are we going to let anybody else in on the secret? I can't let anybody else in secret because I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as um, anything in the future, what uh, what are some other models you all might be looking at? Okay, so we've got maritime, auto tech, lifestyle um, that we're looking to do. But I think our next model is going to be a GMT. Okay, and it's going to be part of the maritime, the maritime. range. Yeah. So that we start to populate there, and the following on from that will probably be a um, a chronograph for the auto tech section of that, uh, because we already have a, um, a motor racing driver as one of our 
uh, brand, brand ambassadors, and we've got a, a Portuguese international footballer as a brand ambassador. We've got an adventurer in Rick. Rich Manley, Rich Manley, Rich Manley actor and uh, explorer adventurer. He's uh, our adventure ambassador. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to populate all those areas, but obviously it's going to take time. Time, yeah, of course. Um, the thing is, we actually, we, as I say, we have big ambitions. We don't want to be a, a five-year wonder, you know, just come and go. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that it's going to go down to Simon's kids and Simon's and kids' so kids and I things. Asked asked we want, we, you know, everybody starts somewhere. The fact yeah. that, you know, every brand, so, you know, brands are, were established in 1750 and things like that was fantastic. But you have to start somewhere. But if you just limit yourself to that, then... I think it's 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 bad. And, so, and right now, the your your model is the uh, the diver here, right? Is there any yes. other else in it's, the uh, collection? It says uh, the, the first one. It's called the Ocean Seacrest. Ocean Seacrest model. Brand. Okay. Uh, that we, that but we, it comes in all, um, many different colorways. Yeah, right? well, we, yeah. well, we, when we first launched, when we first launched, sorry, uh, we had three colors. We had the Prieta, uh, Azul, and the chocolate bronze. And then we've added it with the prettier bronze, and then the two silver dials came in February. And, and uh, so we, now it? we've got a six-way, you know, okay. um, color scheme. And where is it all uh, manufactured? It's it's Swiss, but assembled in the UK in Winchester okay. by our watchmakers. What, what's the price point on these? In dollars, anywhere between fourteen hundred dollars up to seven, about seventeen hundred dollars. What movements in them? It's a, a scooter caliber fourteen eighty-eight, and it's based on the Salita. Uh, SW200-1, um, no date. Yeah. Yeah. And it's decorated as well, so it's because we put yeah, our own touch to it. Um, and I know you can't see it, but it's just a little detail. At some point, there's going to be a, a, a crystal case back as well model, oh, okay. so, yeah. so you'll be able to see it. Same kind of fog thing on it? Well, <laughs> Maybe. yes, I mean, yeah, that, I think so. Well, yeah. it, oh, why not? We're, <laughs> why if you not? can, with we're your black actually, magic. No, well, we're actually uh, the... Uh, timekeeping partner now for the Toronto Wolfpack Rugby League team and they want to work with us to develop a, a Toronto Wolfpack Escudo watch which will probably on the, on the dial would only have the, uh, the, the Escudo and the Toronto Wolfpack but on the case back which will be sapphire crystal. If you breathe on it, it'll probably be the wolf back. I like that. I like that a lot. Because yeah. like Grand Seiko will put the lion on the crystal, but it's yeah. just fucking there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, always yeah. there. Yeah. Exactly. And this is if it's in the right conditions, or you want to see it, you can breathe on it. It's there. I, I like yeah, that exactly. a lot. Yeah, of I course. mean, we've even actually been. We're working with a, a brand ambassador called Jose Font, who's a, a international Portuguese who won the Euros with uh, in 2016, and he is. Um, he looks like a handsome guy. He does, yeah, I know. He, we, he's, he wants us to work with him to develop uh, some, a watch for all the 2016 Euro winners. So the, the group of players that he that played with, yeah. 23 players, plus the manager. And I'll ask so you we'll, some pictures of we'll this. Do a, we'll actually then do a, a limited edition of probably an extra 20, 75 watches. That will, and the, the case backs again will be crystal then, and we'll have the... Um, I uh, have the name of each of the players on it, so oh, we're doing awesome. individual. Mm. You guys were talking earlier about some other collaboration with a. Well, we've got a very well, interesting collaboration. We were approached about by four ben. weeks ago by the Rolls Royce Bentley Owners Club, and with a view to us being their uh, watch uh, supplier 
effectively and going in the 20th anniversary book, the 20th anniversary for the new Rolls-Royce stroke BMW factory that they built in, uh, in, in the south of England, Goodwood. Okay, that sounds really exciting. So we'll keep tuned on that one, right? Seems Fantastic. Seems like that store is still developing. It yeah. is, well, yeah. it's October, we're at Grosvenor House. They say even some of the members of the royal family, you know, like Prince Michael of Kent, who's a big motor racing fan, and people like that are going to turn up. So we're, we're, we're humble know, yeah, about I mean, it, but we're very excited. For, for, for us, who's already just launched our brand in June. Come on, that's like a, it's a big deal, really. Come on, well, it's always Bentley to be associated with something like that, of, of, of prestige. You know, it's, we're humble. Yeah, of course, why not? Well, last question I have for you, gentlemen, is can you please read yes. what my shirt says? Post nut clarity. Post nut clarity. What does that mean to you? Post nut. Post nut clarity. Post. Post No. Nothing. Nothing comes to mind. Post nut. After the nuts. You're I don't clear, know, but you're clear after you've eaten nuts. Yeah. That's, <laughs> there you go. There you go. No Something way. like that. <laughs> well, what does it mean to you? Well, to me, it's the feeling of after I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> that I can see clearly. Yeah, I can see clearly now. Yeah. Okay, fair. Yes. Yeah. So, hey, thanks, gentlemen. You're, you guys are always fun to hang out with. Fantastic. Cheers, dude. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so care. much. We are here with Zakir from... Uh, Aim. Aim. Aim Watch Company. Watch Company. And that is... Heim. I pronounce it as Haim, and I'll Haim. get into the naming in a second. It's basically your last name backwards, right? Ah, you already know, you already know, <laughs> the, ah, know the spiel. Yes. So, yeah. And when did you start the brand? You know, I started the brand around 2020, and it didn't officially come to life until 2021. So I would say I'm kind of at my second year. Third year is going to be uh, come fall this year. So started the brand initially. It was more of a passion project for me. So I am part of the community, collective community, been into watches for as long as I can remember. I wanted, I got to the point where it was, I just want to make a watch for me. Me and me only. Nobody else. I had no intention of selling it or anything, so I prototyped my original legacy. It took some design, some rendering, some tooling, and once I got there, I had the watches in my hand. I started showing them to people, showing them to friends, and then the question just became, hey, well, how do I get one? And that led me to end up creating a brand. And when I came out with the branding, I wanted a namesake brand. I just wasn't too thrilled with how my name sounded on a dial. So my wife and her wisdom just suggested I spell it backwards. And by doing so, that's where my last name being Mia, it became Haim. Okay, gotcha. And you have your third model that just released, right? So technically my fourth. So fourth. My, my debut model was the Legacy Chronograph. Then a year, uh, less than a year after, I debuted two new models, the Legacy SE, the Special Edition, which was an, a slight update to the original, and the Descent, which was a sports model. Okay. And then at the beginning of this year, towards the end of January, I debuted the L2 Chronograph. And right now that's where we, we are on the heels. I'm anticipating all the parts arriving to me next, or next week, technically tomorrow. And from there on, I can start putting through his final assembly, get that going, and start getting deliveries out. Can you talk us uh, about the design a little bit and how you kind of land on that design? Because I love that thing. That looks really fucking cool. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, appreciate that. That's actually been, it's been the best received model so far. So when I did pre-orders, I opened up pre-orders directly through my website only, without any crowdfunding or anything of that nature, and I did it. It was a seven-day run, and during that, the number that I had forecasted, I tripled that number. 
within seven days. So that was great. I was able to put it in production because uh, if you go on my website and everything else right now, delivery says it's going to be in Ju July, which is what I was anticipating. So now I'm getting it on people's wrists two months early. I'm like, that feels great. It's like the opposite of any kind of pre-fund kind of thing. Yeah, so that's what, <laughs> I was, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. But I did a two-part pre-order. The first stage was just through my website. But then the second stage, I actually did use utilize Kickstarter. And the reason I did that is just from a marketing standpoint. When I used my first model, I released independently through the community. My second model, I needed to raise more capital, so I tried crowdfunding. But not the money. What was the value part was the marketing. Really? The Kickstarter marketing, markets yeah. it. They push it. Yeah. They push it to different audiences. People who's typically already bought pieces, they push it to them. So now I'm getting orders from New Zealand, from South Korea, from Australia, uh, from South Africa. I'm getting orders from places I couldn't have reached on my own. So, um, so that's why I used it for the second time, just for that marketing reach. So I was able to get some additional funding to get, get everything out the door, um, product, packaging, the straps. So w when I went with the design, I started looking at the original Legacy and SE. I'm like, how do I expand on it? What do I do to expand on it? And by doing so, I started going back to the drawing board, keeping some elements of it. So the gray glacier, my gray dial, that was actually the first dial out of the four that I came out with. I uh, came up with the drawing, and then I decided, okay, you know what, let's switch it up. I want to do some Breguet numerals. I, again, I'm a fan of Breguet numerals. I love uh, how they appear on watches. So I did one dial with Breguet numerals, and then I had another dial, and ultimately it was going to be three colors. Started prototyping. I went through four rounds of prototyping before I settled on this. Um, and then I got some colors back. I'm like, ah, I'm not too happy about this. And then it dawned on me. Look, okay, I want to do a salmon. My SE Copper River was is very popular, so I wanted to build on that, which I came out with the pink gold for the L2. And then I was on vacation uh, by the ocean. Then I wanted an ocean-inspired dial, something that reminded me of vacation, and that's where the Aqua Ocean came about. So finally, he settled on four. So part of it, it's the progression, uh, progression of the original design, but also like slightly tipping my tipping my hat towards the towards some of the vintage pieces, without actually trying to replicate it because. You have a lot of homage pieces or people who pay homage and you have pieces where people are like, oh yeah, I'm inspired by the past and they end up outright copying. Right. And it becomes, uh, like, I don't know, this is kind of plagiarized. I wanted to avoid that. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's like, it looks vintage, but it doesn't look no, like something and even out when there. You check out the dial. It's three individual layers applied in different finishing on it. And that's something that is more of a modern, modern take, but also all of my, part of my design ethos with all of my dials have been to have that layered design. And it's also, when you there at it, it gives you a bit of a snow globe effect. Back there, I don't know if I missed it, but price point. Price point. So with the L2 chronograph, the price point, the MSRP is $450. And that comes with the, the watch, the case, packaging, and a strap made by Deluxe. So personally, I use Deluxe in all, a lot of straps. I enjoy them. I, they feel great. They're butter smooth. Um, no break-in when you put them on. It feels incredible. So I reached out to Ken. I like Ken. Like I, I use your straps. I want you to do my straps. So he wanted to see what I was working with initially. He's, he's selective. He doesn't just say yes to anything. So he's pretty selective. So I showed him what I was working on, some prototypes and samples, yeah. and he, he, so he was when, on board. When I bought mine, it also came with a nude photo of you signed. I don't know. Is that standard in the packaging? Or? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You know, you, you can't talk. I told you that was the Brandon special. <laughs> So hold on, I, we talked about the design, we talked about the history. I want to talk more on the movement too, because I saw you, you have two options. You have the VK64 
And you also have an ST19. So my previous I models, yeah. I went, I ran with the ST19 on the Legacy and Legacy SE. On the L2, on the L2, I when I decided to go with the VK64, uh, two reasons. One. Like whenever I design a watch, the first thing I ask myself is what is the most important design element I want to achieve? Like that's, and I kind of become bullheaded and just fixated on that one thing. In this case with the L2, it was being thin. Chronographs are typically chunkier watches. You put in different movements, they can go from 13 millimeters high upwards to 16. Like I don't want to make it into a hockey puck. So I became fixated on thin, 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 thin. So, but at the same time, I wanted to retain a three layer dial. And because again, I, I'm at the I'm at the mercy of the movement manufacturer. My design language is on a dial in case. I'm not going to give that up. So uh, thinking of all the choices, toyed with some other movements outside of the ST and other movements of like a Solita 510. It just put the watch at 14 millimeters and higher. It's a good size. Not to mention that the price point would jump up to 1500, which I wasn't trying to trying to. That wasn't one of my goals with this model. Yeah. I have plans to scale, but not right this moment. So. With the VK, it allowed me to keep the watch at 10.8 millimeters, under 11, while being a chronograph and still keeping a three-tier dial. So um, that's obviously pretty fresh and pretty new. Is there anything we could get a sneak peek of, like any ideas you have for future releases? Yeah, I actually have been telling people now I'm really excited about this. So um, for a brand of my scale and a brand of my tenure, something that I am actually working on is my first custom caliber. My first custom caliber and the next model, which I've already mentioned on another podcast, uh, it's going to be an automatic version of the L2. So it's going to be Legacy Automatic or Lmatic, if you may. And there's going to be some changes. It'll retain the same case shape, same dimensions, but the thickness and whatnot, that's going to change. The design of the dial will change. The finishing is going to change. And I have a couple party tricks that I'm not going to talk that's about That's got to be yet. purely out of passion, right? Because that, that shit's hard, right? <laughs> Doing your own so kind of... So there will be a base that it's built on. So I'm not going to label it in-house. It's my, my customized you caliber. You don't want to spend like $10 million. <laughs> right. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have that. And even if I tried selling my body after a year of wear and tear, I still won't have the fund. So let's talk about you as a person. Yeah. We did some deep research and found that you actually used to work at T-Mobile. Right? Long time ago. Long time ago. Man, are you but guys, you've been you've been a sales guy the whole you guys the whole uh, shebang, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, before I've uh, had my footing in the telecom space and I oh my god, you guys are like you guys went ex girlfriend of <laughs> we, the year. We won't bring up the misdemeanors, but you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we no, also so I, yeah, yeah. I started. I was initially an IT. Was an IT major. IT major, business minor, and whatnot. And by the time I'm aging myself now, but by the time I got into the market, uh, the IT market had, and the dot-com market had collapsed. So I got into banking for a bit, tried my hand in banking, realized it wasn't for me. I am terrible with numbers. I cry when I have to open an Excel spreadsheet. So I then ended up uh, trying, at the time, it was a purely financial decision. One of my customers, at, when I was a banker, one of my customers worked for T-Mobile. And this is early on when they were paying like 15 grand a month commission checks. Like the, the commission checks were insane. So I would check out the deposits and I'm like, what do you do for T-Mobile? If you don't mind me being, being frank, like, are they hiring? <laughs> and they got me in. And, and, yeah, I, and like the first couple years, I really, the first couple years I was banking. 
like making, I'm like, I'm making doctor money at this point. <laughs> so then two years after the, the company wised up and they changed the comp structure, yeah. which really cut it. To yeah. So Nothing now I'm like, okay, I need to figure something else out. Let me go get a promotion at this point. Yeah. So, uh, and then you, but when did you transition? I guess you're doing, are you still, are you full-time watches? Or are you kind of still? So still, uh, I still have a professional career. I work in uh, transportation engineering, Okay. Uh, a lot of smart city initiatives and really just uh, infrastructure enhancements within um, states cities like DOTs uh, that type of stuff so any last words before we any listen, dark yeah. secrets that you have yeah. you want to anything off your chest you know I sometimes like to sit on my hand and make it go numb and <laughs> I know we'll leave it at that you can uh, use so, your imagination no. hey uh, final not a final <laughs> word I appreciate everybody listening it's been a past uh, great couple days just great hanging out with you guys also for the short moments that we've had looking forward to uh, spending more time with you guys uh, just, just potting let's really get into it uh, check out the brand. It's Haim Watchco, H-A-I-M Watchco, dot um, com, as well as all of our social media handles are the same, at Haim Watchco. Um, L2 Chronograph, available to ship fairly soon. And Haim is uh, Chicago-based. I'm Chicago-based, yep. Yeah. Hey, can you read my shirt real quick for the fans? Uh, you know what? The shirt says, post-nut clarity. Yeah. Beautiful. I had a couple of my buddies yesterday who were here, part of the show. We had a, the irony of it. The irony of it is, without even knowing you were going to wear that shirt, we had a 30-minute conversation about that topic, and it was it revolved around <laughs> it revolved around achieving that before making any major decisions. Yeah. Whether it's uh, doing something, buying something, seeing someone, like get that out the way, and then you know you just think so much clearer. So maybe before someone buys a Heim watch, they can. Oh no no! Hang, please be hang, impulsive. Sorry. No, please watch. be impulsive. No, no. <laughs> you don't need the clarity. It's a good watch. Be impulsive. <laughs> We're all family. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Sir.